Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 Through the Fan. We're live at Buffalo Wild Wings, 3488 Highway 114, Roanoke, Fort Worth. It's It, it kind of straddles those areas right there, but 34, hot, 3488 Highway 114, Buffalo Wild Wings. If you want to come see us, and Bobby is right, it is over near Texas Motor Speedway. We're right by there, so hope you get to see us. I know it says they open at 11. They said the hell with that. They said it more politely, but we'll be open right now if you want to come out to Buffalo Wild. It looks Lakes. like we have our first two Tolos coming Woo! in right now. Because they that. just heard me say they're open now, and they're like, all right. They were I'm sitting in the car, the but then they were like, well, I'm coming we'll go through ahead the door. I appreciate that. Now, we're going to start things a little bit differently. We're going to kick it off with some overreaction or not. All right. This has to be the number one most obvious, most basic question. But I want to go ahead and fire off some audio just to go with it. Can you give me cut number three, which will lead into our first overreaction or not question? We got Trey Tucker split out to the right. Carter goes in motion. O'Connell's going to throw on first down. Throws over the middle. Deep into the end zone. It's caught. Touchdown, Trey Tucker. He was coming across the goal line, and the rookie has his second touchdown of the half. NFL overreaction or not, after getting obliterated yesterday, and I know 63-21 to 21 is not close, but it was much less close than that. Brandon Staley will still, will not, excuse me, be the Chargers head coach in the next 24 hours. Um, based on how their oh. season was already going and the fact that it looks like that team gave, gave up, up. I would say he's got to go. And right. I, I don't know if it's just him or if it's more like add coach, the rest of coaching staff to it. So if I was the general manager, I want the highest pick possible, and I know Staley's going to lose. <laughs> so if uh-huh. I fire him today, now I think they have a tough schedule because it felt like every time I was looking at good teams, it felt like in the AFC they had the Chargers left on their schedule. I was right. like, man, everybody's playing the Chargers here the last few weeks of the year, it felt like, for good teams. So maybe they can't win. Maybe it doesn't matter. But I want a higher pick, and I know he's not going to be my coach. Sunday after the last game of the season's over, I'm like, thank you. See you later. Bills, were- Broncos, Chiefs. That's how yeah. their season ends right there. So that's three more losses, whether I fire him or not. So I guess you could, but I don't want to motivate the team to win. I need them to lose out and have a getting close to a top five pick, right? Yeah. Because I think that could help me out the most if I get a, a, a premium offensive lineman for Herbert. But I hear what you're saying. I think most organizations would think like you're thinking and just fire him today. Yeah. 
especially because it's a Thursday, so you, or sorry, a Friday, you have a little bit of a longer week to say, Kellen Moore, you're the head coach the rest of the way. Or? Did you hear him in the post game? They're like, hey, do you think you'll still have this job tomorrow? And yes. He, and he goes, I don't know. Oh, he hold on, Kellen Moore yeah, or Staley? No, uh, no, Brandon Staley. Oh, not, not Kellen. No, not Kellen Moore. But, oh, then they then they said, "Do you think you deserve it?" He said, "Yes." yes that, okay, exactly. that, yeah, yeah. That but was the first it, question was, "Will you have like, the job?" I don't know, man. I have no clue. I, Mike, I think there's also something to be said for you. I need my new head coach to be in quickly and start making decisions for next year, and and that search needs to happen faster. But and we we won't want to wait too long I, on all that. I'm with you because, and I know they have injuries. I know that Bobby Belt refuses to ever admit anything. He just sticks with the same opinion for the whole time. Oh my god! <laughs> you have to at this point. You have to say, hey, like I'm saying, Trevor Lawrence. He's been a disappointment to me. Just yeah. a couple weeks ago, he was eight and three, and I was yeah. still like, he's just not playing as great as I thought he would play this year. And now they've lost the last two games. Well, you'd have to say with Kellen Moore, I still like him, but he's not performing at a high level this year as an offensive coordinator uh, I would say this to to Corey's point maybe you do get rid of him today and it gives you three weeks to evaluate your talent a little bit more without Brandon Staley because if you feel like he's making all of your players worse yeah. by his coaching if I get rid of him do players that were maybe held down by him look better i think of i know this is a weird one but jimbo fisher sure. wouldn't play a guy because he wore sleeves yeah and, and then, then he had a hundred yard game yeah, yeah and so you're like okay jimbo fisher was actually making us worse because he was sitting this guy down and maybe the kellen moore or whoever would take over and say you know this guy's on the practice squad or this guy really doesn't play many snaps I think he's better than that, but Staley doesn't. I'm going to play him these next three weeks, and then you find out you actually did have a pretty good player that Staley was holding down. NFL overreaction or not, you are confident that the Jags and Chiefs will both still win their division. I am because of C.J. Stroud's injury. And I know that Stroud had a bad... And he still didn't practice yesterday Right, either. so I, I look at the Colts and I look at the Texans, and I go, okay, I think Jacksonville's only going to win 10 games now. Okay. But I think that 10 and 7 will get them the division. Even with, okay, all right. Because aren't they both 7 and 6, yes, the other teams? that is correct. So at that point, they have to go 3 and 1 the yeah. rest of the way. I, with Stroud, and look, he was not good against the Jets. That was, was his worst game. He it was, was bad. And he was bad against Carolina. He's still having a great, yeah. he's rookie of the year. I'm not sure. trying to take anything away from him, but he still is a rookie who can be inconsistent sure. at times. So, I look at uh, the Jags, and I think they're going to be the four seed. So I think they're going to find themselves uh, in a very tough matchup, possibly in the first round, because they had a bad second half. Uh, and then the Chiefs, yes, I think the Chiefs have a pretty easy schedule the rest of the way. So I think they easily win it. Yeah, the Chiefs don't forget their last game of the seasons against the Chargers, who have just quit. Oh but my gosh, Kevin! I will say the Colts or make me a little nervous with their stretch of schedule. Look they got the Steelers, him. Falcons, Raiders, and Texans. So Whoa, they have a great they have a great chance huge. to, All right, to so surpass the Jacksonville only now has like a fifty seven percent chance of <laughs> I still will favor Jacksonville. But they'll but probably be in the playoffs. Like I, I think they'll still be in the playoffs. I just can't say with certainty that I can guarantee they're gonna be win the division. This one I'm sure will upset some people. NFL overreaction or not the Dallas Cowboys will play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the opening round of the playoffs. That means that they are the five seed? Correct. 
Well, it, you, they have to win out, right? I mean, I know they don't have yes. to. There's ways that they could lose a game and still win the division, the Dallas Cowboys. But, but to really keep this alive, but, probably. Yeah. And so I lean towards yes, uh, that they will be the five seed. Although I guess if the Eagles lost to the Giants, yeah. that would change your perspective, but, but it would I, help. But I think I'm with Kevin. At least you've said this off the air. I think you've said it on the air too, but Cowboys will win by 20 plus points in the first round of the playoffs, wherever uh, yes. it is, at Tampa, at yeah. New Orleans. Then they will, if they get the Eagles, if the Eagles can somehow win out and hold on to the one seed, and I know they're not holding on to it, but you know, San Francisco goes to the two seed. I think you do go to Philadelphia and win that game by seven to ten points, and you are in the NFC Championship game at San Francisco. And that did what you said you wanted, and yeah, that is keeping the distance as far possible. away. For sure. And that's – I had another question about Detroit I can throw out that will factor in. So you in. want the five seed is what you're saying? No, 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 no. If you're the one no, or two, you no, avoid no, them till no, the no. championship. I want the one or two seed. It's just the most likely path mathematically is still – that the Cowboys would get the five seed. I hope and pray to the football gods that that is not the case. But my question to go along with this, because this would change the parameters too, overreaction or not, the Lions are a one-and-done team in the playoffs. I think so. Help me out here. They're going to be the four seed. Mm-hmm. No, they're sorry. They're going to be the, the three, three seed. They're going to be three, yeah. Because of the uh, NFC South. <laughs> who's the wild after Dallas? Who's any good? I mean... It depends on Minnesota, Minnesota, Green if Bay, you think they can do anything. The Rams. I, this they is, have a chance to lose that for sure, but I think the six and seven seed are so bad that I will still favor Detroit in a home game against a nine and eight team. Because that's what you would want. Let's say, like, the most logical way the standings will play out. I hope this isn't the case, but it'll go San Francisco one, Philly two, Detroit three, whoever from the South at four and the Cowboys at five. If Detroit loses in the wild card round that I think the Cowboys will win handily, oh, then gotcha. then that team goes to San Francisco and the Cowboys go to Philadelphia, which is fine by me. I would prefer you're at home, yeah. but I would much prefer that to going up to San Francisco, for yeah. goodness sake. So they've, they've lost to Seattle this year, the Lions. They lost to Seattle in overtime. It was a, it was a high-scoring game. They lost to Baltimore. They got pummeled by Baltimore. They just got freaking dusted by the Bears, They got right? beat by the Green Bay and the Bears. Yeah. Those are a division opponents, so right. you know it's going to be like that. So I do think that if the Vikings or if the Vikings or Green Bay are involved in the playoffs against them, that there's a really, a really high likelihood that they could yeah. lose that one at home. Now, were both of those on the road? No, well, those one, were one was home. Thanksgiving. Yeah, Thanksgiving so. at home. So – like that's where I look at that and go, man. They they're kind of on that cusp. They have the uh, opportunity to score forty on you, but you saw what Green Bay did to them in their offensive line. Man, how much crap is in Detroit's pants coming down the stretch? Oh my God, so much. We're the KNC masterpiece right here on one hundred five through the fan. We're live from Buffalo Wild Wings, thirty four eighty eight Highway one fourteen over by Texas Motor Speedway. If you want to come see us, coming up next, Mavs versus the Western Conference leaders. Are you believers that the Timberwolves are for real? Let's do it next right here on The Fan. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 
Conley dances off that Gobert screen. He's got Exum in jail to the nail. Now to the right side. Troy Brown Jr. a drive and a kick. Nas throws up the three and hits again. His seventh three of the night. Nas, seven of nine from long range. As what you, a rapper. Yeah, at, not that. <laughs> it's with a Z. All I need is one mic. Is, oh, he was doing that Me. all night long as we are live at Buffalo Wild Wings. 3488 Highway 114 if you want to come see us. Here's one person who can't come see us, unfortunately, but it's a part of a shout-out Friday from the 817. Shout-out to my mom who had a Widowmaker heart attack on oh, Sunday. Geez. She is now back at home in Arkansas. I'm toloing on the Odyssey app while driving back to the DFW. You survived that. Clearly, that's incredible. Yeah, that's amazing. That's Man. amazing. Now, for the Mavericks game, it was, I mean, I know there was a lot more to it, but I, I automatically felt like it was the Nas Reed show. It was. In that every time he shot my son, I was like, he's making it. And it'd go in every yeah. time. And I'm like, he's not going to miss tonight. And it was annoying, annoying, annoying. So I want to talk about the game, but I also want to talk about the idea that this Minnesota team is for real. We've seen stops and starts from right. them before. Do you look at them now? They're at the top of the Western Conference, and I realize that. But I'm saying, put aside the numbers. When you watch the team, it feels like they're pretty darn legit. It does. And I know last night the Mavs were dealing with major injuries because Kevin Von Eric Dwight Powell <laughs> ruined uh, Kyrie Irving's leg for a month. But watching them play last night, I remember saying approximately 10 games into the season because they were like 8-2, and two, and I was like, hey, this is great for Minnesota, great start, and they'll probably be a playoff team this year, but they're not going to keep anywhere close to this pace up. They'll get back to around a 500 team because – that's who I see them as. Cat is soft to me. Rudy Gobert seems to mentally struggle at times with, you know, focus and being part of a team. Anthony Edwards is really good, but still also really young. Watching them last night, I'm taking that back. I think they're going to be a top four seed in the Western Conference. Now, I don't know how they're going to play in the playoffs. Right. Cat can get really soft on you in the biggest moments. Maybe that's changing his career. Rudy Gobert has been at times a liability. We saw in 2022 the liability in Utah of Rudy Gobert. So I can't say I know they're going to do great in the playoffs, but watching last night and seeing what they've done now over 20-plus games, Corey, I can now say – as long as they don't have major injuries, that's going to be one of the top four teams in the Western Conference. I think also Edwards last night was uh, one of those guys that said, well, it's not all working for me, but I can make sure everybody else he's a He's a complete player. That is and true. He did a good job a of good making point. sure he, he was on the, the defensive side doing his work there, but making sure, look, if Cat's hot, I'm going to take care of him. If Nas Reed's hot, I'm going to make sure he gets his. And so he did a good job distributing last night. And I think there's some good – I don't know how – I really don't know where I stand on Connolly, but it just feels like there's some leadership quality that he he's adds to a room. What if I said this, Kevin, because this might be a little bit too old for you, Corey. What if I said he's the Derek Harper of this generation? I could see that. Okay. I could definitely see that. Where he, he's Derek Harper never made an all-star team. Michael Conley has made one, and it was because of, like, injury. I don't think he made, like, the 12 when they picked, but somebody got hurt. And but he's like, somebody every right, team every, would be like, we every want Every year you. you love him. Great defense, great leadership, great teammate. You know, for the most part, winner. Like, he's not a loser, but what I'm saying is he seems to, like, really help teams get the most out of him. But yet he's not an all-star. He's not yeah. a future Hall of Famer. And so I think Michael Conley's a guy that everybody loves to have, but yet there's always – 
three to five guards at least better in his conference. Do you guys take anything? This is going to sound like a very participation ribbon type of question. Do you take anything from the fact that for 30 minutes without Kyrie, it really did about midway through the third quarter? Yes, it really looked like these teams were very equivalent in the rest of the third quarter and the fourth. Yeah. It did not. I did like it because I was once again watching with my 15 year old. I said, you know, Maxi Kleba would really help in this game because you're getting kind of beat on the rebounds. Lively was doing a nice job, but he can't cover Cat and Rudy Gobert. Right. So you're asking a six foot six Grant Williams to do a lot of covering seven foot tall guys. And when Nas Reed would come into the game, they're playing two centers at all times. Yeah, they are. And so now you might not consider Cat a center or Nas Reed a center, but in today's game, you could kind of you say they're the playing link. two really big guys yeah. at all times on the court. And I did like – I think Luca is playing outstanding. And last night he was outstanding again. But if you look at 4 of 15 from Tim Hardaway Jr., if you look at kind of the, res- the other guys right now because they're in- on the court because you don't have Kyrie – he has to score 32. And, yeah. I, and Tim Hardaway didn't have a good game. He's had a great year. It's just if you're going to compete the whole game with a Minnesota or a Milwaukee or somebody like that, Boston, and you don't have Kyrie, then Tim Hardaway Jr. has to be like 13 of 18 from the field. Right. You know, like you just have to have guys step up in ways that maybe they're not capable of doing on a nightly basis. I thought Exum actually had a better night than he actually did. Like I, when I when I was watching early, I was like, man, he – He's doing exactly what we discussed earlier in the show, and then I look and it's it's fourteen. It's it's a it's fourteen. Okay, I, but we probably you're right. probably needed an extra fifteen from him last night. You tell me that Dante Exum finishes the season. I'm going to say averaging twelve points a game. If you would have told me that a couple weeks ago, I'd have said, "Get the f out of here." What are you talking about? But the thing that you're learning about Exum and now Derek Jones Jr. obviously able to go bounce back into the starting lineup is. These are usable pieces oh, with for sure. usable yeah. minutes. When and Kyrie's on the court, it changes. Ex- yeah. ex- exactly. And, and I you don't still ask think as they're... much offensively from him exactly. if Kyrie's yes. on the team. No, I, I, I agree. I agree. But Dante Exum, I, I'm, I'm telling you, his ability to score is going to turn out to be a huge thing for this, this exciting season. too. In a way, he made – I'll give him some credit here. He made life for a lot of the game difficult on Anthony Edwards. Yep. Anthony Edwards, I'm going to – He's he's transitioned into superstar, right? He was like borderline yeah. all-star last year where you're like, hey, I think he's an all-star now uh, as the number one overall pick in 2020. I think in this year, his fourth year in the NBA, he has transitioned into, I can put him now in the top 10 players in the NBA. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 Through the Fan on a shout-out Friday from the 214. Mavs had a charity mystery box last night, and I won an autographed Mavs Luka ball. Look at that. Oh, I can't imagine that turning out much better for you. You could win tickets to the Cowboys-Lions game coming up here soon Percy today. of Miller Lite. Yeah, all you got to do is come out here and sign up, and you uh, we got we got some tickets. Roanoke, Texas. Thanks to yes. Roanoke, Texas. Yes, yes and it's kind of like, and, and if you want to put in Fort Worth, it's 3488 Highway 114. It's kind of, it'll work for either one. But you need to come out and see us. And by the way, one more shout out. This is a really amazing one. From the uh, 972, shout out to my wife, Cynthia. Her birthday is tomorrow. She wanted to do game night with the neighbors. Would that be something that you want to do on your birthday? Maybe we'll bring that up for a new topic. I would love a topic about what do you want to do on your birthday? Mm. Because usually for us, it's work. Coming up next, we will talk with our Dallas 
Cowboys owner and general manager Jerry Jones right here live from Buffalo Wild Wings on 105.3 The Fan. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 through the fan. We're rocking out in that Fort Worth, Roanoke area. Buffalo Wild Wings, 3488 Highway 114. They are now open if you want to come see us. And right now, brought to you by Ford and your North Texas Ford dealers. Ford is the best in Texas. We bring to you Dallas Cowboys owner and general manager Jerry Jones. Good morning, sir. Hey, guys. Kevin, Corey, Mike. Good to be on with you, man. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Now, it's been a, a great season. Clearly, this Cowboys team has been amazing at home. I'm curious if you could give us some insight about how important the next two weeks are, not only in terms of the standings, but to prove that this Cowboys team can beat quality opponents on the road. Uh, this is daunting, without exaggeration. It's a daunting task uh, to go to Buffalo with a very dangerous team, very talented team. Uh, one that early was predicted to be, a, a, if anything, a dominant team. And uh, their quarterback is outstanding and uh, is, presents all kinds of problems for anybody. So this is a daunting task to even think about having to go from there to the other road game that we've got. And so uh, uh, buckle your, buckle your seatbelts. Uh, this is uh, every bit the challenge as we had last weekend. Uh, that's as it should be. Uh, if we could go up there and play the kind of game that we all would want us to play, it it will be a major impetus to uh, us having the team that we want in the playoffs. Jerry, you, you did mention their quarterback, Josh Allen, and uh, we all kind of know what, what the dude is capable of, and then sometimes he turns the ball over. What do you look at as the thing that stresses your defense the most? Is it his ability to extend plays, just his size, the arm? What, what do you think of whenever you see Josh Allen? Uh, his running ability. Hmm. Uh, anybody that tells you any defense, any team of, uh, that's up against a defense that has a, uh, a really unique running uh, component, uh, defenses normally aren't set up for the quarterback to be a major running component. Component, Well, they are, and he makes yards on his own. He, uh, they're not blocked yards so often. He's just got that kind of size. Uh, that's, uh, that's quite a challenge to a defense when you've got to stay home and play, uh, play that quarterback run on top of uh, have your uh, uh, keys to whether it's pass or run. So uh, uh, that's the first thing we ought to keep in mind. And uh, uh, he's a load. Uh, he uh, uh, brings uh, a lot of yards after contact. Uh, that's rare, but that's effective. So uh, this is easily, uh, I frankly have to say, with all due respect to everybody we've played, this is one of the toughest quarterback challenges we've faced. Now, one of the players that has consistently been harassing quarterbacks for the last three years, Micah Parsons. And I, I know we've talked with you in the past about this. I was curious your thoughts about we've asked you about the lack of penalty calls in his favor. And Micah Parsons this week said the problem I see with officiating is I think it becomes a lot more ego and them than them actually wanting to make these calls. And so this is one of your players saying it's an ego issue with the refs. I, I know you feel good about the officiating, but what are your thoughts about Micah's comments? Well, I uh, will say this, that uh, uh, our officiating uh, is not one for us 
to wear the badge or uh, be there to uh, critique. Uh, it's just not. It's uh, not effective uh, uh, in terms of our ability to win a game. And so I don't like to uh, really get into officiating discussions as to their effectiveness. Uh, I always go back to uh, I really came in as a natural uh, let the guys make the calls, get high-integrity people, let them make the calls. Uh, everybody has to live with the same integrity. Uh, you can get too much uh, things to look at out there, and uh, you come up with, well, on any play, you can call a penalty. And uh, to a degree, there's some of that. So uh, you have to appeal to just the overall judgment of the crew and say, let's keep this thing to where we haven't overly impacted the game by, uh, uh, by the wrong calls. On the other hand, uh, we've got to have, as a big component of being a good football team, you have got to be a disciplined team. And you've got to be one that plays within the rules because you can uh, uh, eliminate uh, uh, the early, early uh, uh, parts of a drive by uh, uh, getting in long yarded situation. There's so many things, and I don't need to reiterate that to everybody listening. But the point is, uh, you've got a certain element in all sports where you've got to depend on the integrity, and then you've got to live with the frailties of being human. And uh, I, I have a little better uh, grace there than you might think. <laughs> I imagine. Well, Jerry, I, to stick a, to stick on Micah just a little bit, we've been discussing this pretty much at length, and you know how much of an impact he's had on the on each game, and and where he stands in this de- defensive player of the year category. Where what would be your case for Micah to 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 earn and deserve that? Well, I, I think that he's so impactful in the design and the impact he has on just uh, game planning by the opposition. And I think that ought to be a big factor. Uh, Ernie Zampezi, the great Ernie Zampezi, was in early years, he was our offensive coordinator, but he came to us with all the respect in the world uh, because uh, he had played against uh, and had been around for years and years. And we would list at the end of the year our best players with our coaching staff. And invariably, you'd have Aikman right there at the top. You'd have Emmett, and you'd have, don't want to leave out anybody, but he'd go down that list, offense, defense. When his turn came, now he was the offensive coordinator. He'd put Charles Haley about eight inches above Aikman. <laughs> he really would. And he said, I've been trying to defense this guy, offense, strategize against this guy when he was at San Francisco, and you have to do it now, our opponents do here. And he is a scheme wrecker. And he causes you to have to change what you really want to do with your personnel. Now, that's an impact, and that's hard to to evaluate in statistics. They normally line up the same, but they don't have to. But Micah is a major impact against the plans of the offensive we play. I think when we all heard that Micah might have been under the weather last week, we had no concerns that he was going to play. And now it's hitting parts, other parts of the team. Brandon Cook, Stephon Gilmore, Jalen Tolbert all missed yesterday due to illness. 
Any concerns that they would possibly miss the game on Sunday? Well, generally speaking, those type symptoms can be overcome at game time. Uh, you got to watch heavy fever. Uh, but other than that, uh, you can usually come around, hydrate, uh, and you've, you're, you're capable of, of uh, getting up to the task of playing in that game. Uh, you might not could do that practicing. You might not could do that a couple of days before the practicing. That might be counterproductive. But in general, uh, if you can... Uh, 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 get in there and be prepared and have done the reps to understand who you're going to be playing in front of and how you're going to do that, uh, then you uh, usually don't lose a player because of flu. Now, speaking of practice things, the Cowboys attach photos of Bills defenders to the practice pads this week. I'm curious what you think of that as a motivational and physical tactic, and are there any motivational tactics from your football days that you could share with us? Well, I think that, uh, uh, you know, motivation is relative. Uh, sometimes it's just there, and you know what it means. Now, this team, as I said earlier, this team has got the respect. So they're coming out and hitting us in the nose is not going to slip up on us. We know that they're capable of doing that. And we know they're capable of uh, basically at home uh, being uh, uh, really uh, scary. Now, I use that word and not liberally, but they're capable of being scary. So motivation is not an issue this week. You know, Jerry, we were actually we were literally discussing the other day uh, the you know why we were asking the question why has the Super Bowl not been back in the DFW area, and we kind of went through our own thoughts and kind of scrambled that around a little bit. But then you spoke about it. Can you kind of elaborate a little more about because you said it needed to fit more of what y'all wanted to do, and I was just wondering if you could give me a little more understanding of what would compel you to bring another Super Bowl back to DFW. Well, I want to have another Super Bowl in DFW, and uh, uh, and I think it's it's natural that we would. Uh, I also said, I said, uh, our number one selling point, and Roger Staubach helped us make it when we got our first Super Bowl here, uh, uh, and that is, this is football country. Mm-hmm. And uh, that sounds a little corny or that sounds a little too broad, but it's really not. Uh, we're at the center of... Uh, the greatest game at its uh, uh, at its uh, uh, level of high school, at its level of interest at that level, at its collegiate level, and this North Texas area is uh, got the finest atmosphere about football there is in this country, and they've got more people that have that kind of interest in it in this country. It's an ideal place uh, to uh, have a Super Bowl to promote football and promote the NFL. And to a big degree, that's what we're trying to do with the Super Bowl. The viewing of it, the national, international viewing of it, uh, anybody will tell you our stadium is absolutely uh, state-of-the-art and is today in, uh, at the top of any list as far as television being able to work and present the game. And the fact that we don't have to worry about the elements here is a big part of the game. Uh, now, what... What about anything else that you might want to talk about? It would be, okay, what about uh, the aura of the part of the country that it's in? Well, frankly, our governor said it the best uh, 
when he was talking to the people of FIFA, of soccer, that if you want to show the world what it's for young people, how and where they ought to think and, and vibrant future and positive future and growth and opportunity, if you want to show the world, don't do it on the coast. Show it right in Dallas, Texas, right in the center of the country. This is America. This is America. And so I thought the governor said that well when he was talking to him. I say that to uh, everybody regarding having a Super Bowl here. We ought to have one. Our system's different than it used to be, uh, and it's really not a beauty contest. Uh, it has a lot of technical negotiation. Uh, the NFL has gotten very, very proud of that Super Bowl. And so they really uh, extract a lot from a club or a city, a lot. And it's just not all financial. It could be uh, uh, future uh, games that they might want to play overseas. So there's a lot of involved in the trade. It hadn't fit for us, uh, but it will fit at a point in time. Do you think the NFL is in danger at all of making the Super Bowl then not worthwhile for these host cities or the host teams, I guess I should say? No, they, they, uh, uh, that's not in the NFL. And by the way, I'm a big part of the NFL. <laughs> so, uh, uh, no, that's not in anybody's best interest. Uh, but it is uh, a noted thing that uh, uh, you can uh, – it bites. You can, uh, uh, you can feel a twinge now when you – that do end up with a Super Bowl. And that's not just financial. And you also stated in the last couple of days, and, and for anybody who missed it, I was hoping you could spread the word or elaborate just a little bit, is if y'all are not inclined to want to give up a home game, and please tell me if that is correct or incorrect for international purposes, but if you do, you'd much rather play it in Mexico as opposed to now that the NFL is expanding out to Brazil. Well, Mexico is our natural foreign relationship, and uh, uh, I don't, I'm mean, reluctant to call it foreign, but uh, uh, it is. And, uh, you know, when I bought the Cowboys, the Cowboys before Internet and before the technology we have today, we were doing 10,000 Cowboy weekly uh, newspapers a week into Monterey, Mexico. 10,000 a week wow. that went down there. We've had our own uh, radio broadcast, separate Hispanic broadcast. Uh, that was going on for as many as 15 years before I got involved with the Cowboys. Wow. Uh, our affinity, every time we touch the country of Mexico, we endear uh, interest and endear uh, all of the great Mexican lineage that is representative of the United States. It's big to the Dallas Cowboys, Vaqueros to Dallas. It's very big to us to uh, have our second step uh, be in, a, in our Mexican fan base, both nationally and, and internationally. So that's where I'm coming from. Jerry, you drafted Mozzie Smith in the first round this year. How much has he improved from the start of the year to now have to fill in for Hankins until he's healthy? Well, uh, first of all, let's look and see where he could improve logically. Uh, didn't have to worry too much about improving his strength. We have a lot of players we say, well, let him get some additional size, let him work in the weight room for a year. Uh, but, boy, he's a prospect and he'll be good. 
Well, he's a freak of an athlete, a freak of strength. Larry Allen-ish stuff. And uh, my mind, Larry's the strongest guy to ever be in the league. So the kinds of things that you think of at that nose guard sitting in there controlling the center, uh, controlling the center of the action, so to speak, uh, and you think of strength and you think of bulk and size, he's got that. That's always been the emphasis that he's had coached into it. Well, what you really would have, and he's got the athletic ability to accomplish that, is a quick twitch aspect of him, too, that could hit a gap or that could put pressure on a gap and go in there. Now, that would be phenomenal. Then you have really got a rare commodity in the middle. He's going in that direction. Now, I'm not going to, at this point, go that far in the accolades, but he has certainly improved. And that's what we would hope that we could see. This span where he's going to be having more snaps will give him an opportunity to do that. And you couldn't design a better place uh, than the next games that we've got, our schedule, and then uh, into the playoffs. You couldn't design a better laboratory to get Mozzie Smith, get him uh, where we uh, want him to be. Sorry to take a step back. I'm just so intrigued by the Cowboys' popularity in Mexico. With all of that in mind, would you have any issue with an expansion or a team moving to Mexico City permanently? Well, I uh, don't want to get into uh, expansion because uh, 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 that, that's just really convoluted. But I will say this, that uh, uh, it's proximity uh, and uh, uh, to... Uh, us, and it's us being the United States, and it's uh, uh, affinity for football, for American football, is um, really a big deal. The reason that I have fights, not the reason I'm a fight fan, I've always been a fight fan. <laughs> I boxed when I was a kid. And so my point is, uh, I've always had an affinity for boxing, but the main reason that we have the boxing matches and that we have the shows that we put on uh, with the Cowboys and with uh, uh, AT&T Stadium is the affinity that uh, uh, our Mexican fan base has for boxing. It's, it's uh, stronger, I think, than even soccer, and that's a pretty big statement, and that's an opinion. But still, it is big. It's bigger than any other country for uh, boxing. I'll never forget, I went down with... Uh, a great promoter, and uh, uh, with Pacquiao and Bob Arums. And we went down to Mexico City with Pacquiao and met with all the media, and then we went back up to Monterey and met with that media and spent about two days. And, of course, tradition has it that you go to those places and then you have those long four-hour lunches out there drinking those margaritas. Mm -hmm. And so there's about 90% of the trip I don't remember. <laughs> but other than that, it was the highlight of my life to be traveling with Bob Arum and Pacquiao there. But no matter where we went in those areas, it was phenomenal, the support uh, for the Dallas Cowboys. I've said that in this country, in my mind, in my mind, and I do not have the stats to back it up, but it wouldn't surprise me if 50% of the Mexican-Hispanic fans in this country are by Carlos the Dallas fans, Cowboy fans. Uh, and I know what it is, and uh, certainly on the northern border and the country of uh, down into Mexico City, I know what it is for the Cowboys. 
and uh, it's a big push. It's a big emphasis for us. We want that uh, incorporated in what uh, the Dallas Cowboys are about. Appreciate the insight as always. Obviously, go get a big victory on Sunday, and we'll catch up with you next week. Boys, it's nervous, nervous time. I'm, uh, this is as light as you'll hear me is this conversation. It's downhill from here on out. <laughs> Fair enough. Thank you, good sir. Forward, Jerry. Good day. There you go, Jerry Jones right here on 105.3 The Fan. So a lot coming out from that. But while Jerry Jones was talking, interesting ramifications for this game. We've been keeping track of A.J. Epinesa and Micah Hyde, the defensive end and safety the last couple of days, is they missed their second consecutive practices yesterday. And then Sean McDermott, while Jerry Jones came on, said that those two will be unavailable oh, wow. for Sunday's game. I know we had talked about how they had missed practice, and then yesterday they both missed a second practice. So it looks like McDermott in his press conference says those two will not be able to play Sunday afternoon. That that could be very, very big for, for this team because it could uh, take a lot of stress off of Tyron and Terrence Steele. Epinesa had an, inter an interception, I think, against the Chiefs. So, like, this, like, it could just – this could be a very big day for Dak Prescott. This could be a very good one. Buffalo what? should forfeit. Oh, dude, what if they did? What if they just said, you know what, we don't have We're enough. too hurt. They're too good. Yeah. We're done. We saw what happened. No, to, well, they, to but the they Chargers. can't. We watch Thursday night football. Yeah. They can't forfeit, though, because then Josh Allen's interception streak might get broken. Yeah. So they have to, <laughs> they have they have to keep, keep it going. going so hopefully they can get it going. But, yeah, big news yeah, there big. from the Bills side of camp while we were talking with Jerry Jones. But one other positive that I thought he said was in the idea of Tolbert, Gilmore, and Cooks. At least as of now, they are monitoring but not anticipating that, meaning they'll be out on Sunday. This is gonna be a, dude, I'm telling you, I, th I think this is a big, big-time game for Dak Prescott on Sunday. I think he's going to put up some huge numbers. 700 Ooh. yards. Maybe eight. <laughs> Man, you don't even go to four or 500. Yeah. You're like, nah, nah. We went I said to, huge. I didn't yeah, say Yeah, we went to Andre Ware game. in Houston in 1989. Yeah. Okay. I said a regular Dak game. For 88. Fantastic. <laughs> We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. We are over by Texas Motor Speedway today. The Buffalo Wild Wings, 3488 Highway 114. If you want to come and see us, coming up next, we will talk with our Dallas Cowboys insider, Mickey Spagnola plus... I might have a stars topic for you. We'll do it all next right here on The Fan. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.